Hello, good morning, Andre here. Welcome to yet another episode of The Daily. This episode is for the 13th of May, Wednesday, and we are almost midway through our last month of the circuit breaker. And we're almost midway through 2020. Can you imagine that we're almost halfway through with this whirlwind of a year? I can even remember counting down the new year with close friends. It was not too distant time ago that I was away with our staff on a planning retreat, putting events, sermon series, initiatives into our calendar that we were uh, excited to roll out through the year. But of course, many of the plans have changed, they've either been cancelled or postponed. All this to say it's so crazy how fast time passes us by. I think of that well-used line that goes, time passes when you are having fun. Now this is by no means fun at all, but time is certainly passing us by quickly. And I pray that it does real soon, that this crisis will pass so that we may come back to some kind of normal once again. Now recently I was taken back to a memory of a conversation I had with a friend uh, some five years ago. I was talking to a friend who had uh, gone through a kind of loss. And I was working through much of that grief, pain, and disappointment. And I remember a statement he made in this time really well. He said something to this effect. He said that he did not feel right staying in church because he had too many doubts, questions about God and his goodness. He said that he did not have any faith and he felt like a hypocrite being in church whilst having all of these doubts. Now it broke my heart when I heard him say those things because one, I was sad that my friend had to go through so much pain and disappointment and hurt and grief. But I was also sad that he felt that he could not stay in church, that he could not be part of a faith community because he was having doubts. And I found myself in a place of great conflict, right? I had all these like, sympathy for what my friend was going through, yet I knew our call as Christians was to be a people of faith, to hold on to faith, even in the most trying of circumstances, to believe we were part of a ministry school faith kind of environment where a common response to sincere questions of doubt, of wrestling would be, you must have faith. Have faith. Don't doubt. Have faith. Don't doubt. And for some reason, though I know that statement was supposed to be true in every sense of the word, I was conflicted because it seems to suggest that in the Christian faith, there is no real room for questions, for doubt, for uncertainty, for lament, for grief, for pain. And yet when I look through the Bible, particularly in the Psalms, and as well as in the Gospels, I see a ton of that. I see questions, I see doubts, I see pain, I see lament. And yet, in many of our churches today, there is zero room for lament, for grief, for doubt, for questions in our church services. But not only that, even in our language and what we deem as right, as fitting, for a believer, for a Christian. 
And I myself entered into a similar spot some two years ago where I was diagnosed with a health condition and this was right into my first year as a lead pastor and I felt honestly, you know, really abandoned uh, first of all by friends who didn't understand how to walk with me in a time of grief. I felt abandoned by even my ideals. I always had an ideal that goes as long as I do God's word, I serve really well, he will protect me, nothing's going to happen to me, my body is going to be kept intact, I'm not going to have any of the experiences of the downside of working hard, I will be preserved, I will be taken care of. In that moment, you know, when I received the diagnosis, I felt abandoned by people, but more than anything, I felt abandoned by God. I felt left in a lurch. I felt unprotected. I felt like I've been shortchanged in many ways. I had given my time, my life, my energy into serving really well. I was pushing myself super hard. And yet, I was forsaken. And all of a sudden, I found myself in the same place my friend was some five years ago. A place where I felt forsaken, a place where I was grieving a whole lot, and a place where I had real doubts and questions about my beliefs, but also about the goodness of God, whether God was truly good, whether He truly loved me. And now if I were to enter into that, into this place, maybe some three years before I did, I would have probably given up on the faith. I would probably have thought of myself as a failure. I don't have a right to be a Christian. I'm not supposed to have any of these doubts. I'm supposed to be full of faith. And because I'm not a person of faith in this moment, I shouldn't be a Christian. I should leave church, get myself sorted, and then come back when I have drummed up enough faith for myself. Now, I'm so glad that right around that time, I had begun reading a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzaro. And in that book was a chapter called Journey Through the Wall. Now, his basic premise was this, that every follower of Jesus at some point would confront the wall, this wall, or as ancient followers of Jesus call it, the dark night of the soul. Modern teachers of the way of Jesus will call it a crisis of faith. And he starts off that chapter with a warning. And he says this, that failure to understand its nature will result in great long-term pain and confusion. Receiving the gift of God in the wall in this crisis, in the dark night of the soul, will however transform our lives forever and it was when I read that line, I was reminded of that line while I was going through my crisis, that I knew that this was a crucible moment, that this was a, a crossroads kind of a, a, a experience that I was going through. I could either go down the path of pain and confusion and eventual disillusionment, or I could learn to receive the gift of the wall and experience lasting transformation. And I found a lot of solace knowing that all throughout church history, great men and women of God, such as Augustine, Teresa of Avila, Ignatius of Loyola, John Wesley, have written about this phase of their spiritual journey that occurred at some point in their lives. 
And many would point to a kind of crisis moment in their lives as a stage or as a phase of their spiritual journey. That it wasn't something that was contrary to their spiritual growth and maturity and formation, but it was very much a part of it. There's a book called The Critical Journey, and it describes our spiritual journey, our spiritual life in stages. Now, of course, these stages aren't a kind of exhaustive universal experience. Sometimes we skip certain stages or we find ourselves cycling back to an earlier stage. But the six stages are such. The first stage is life-changing awareness of God. Now, this is what happens at the beginning of a journey with Christ, where we become aware of His reality and our need for His mercy, His kindness. Stage two is discipleship. Now, this is characterized by learning about God and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's why we become plucked in the church. Stage three is called the active life. It's where we begin serving, we begin doing, we begin to take responsibility for our gifts, for our talents to serve the body of Christ. Stage four is the inward journey, where we look within and begin to address some of the deeper issues and dysfunctions that we have in our lives. Stage five is the journey outward, where we see fruit emerge from that inward journey and is expressed in a kind of deep acceptance and love for others, a kind of inner stillness uh, in our hearts. In stage six, it's, you know, the goal is to be transformed into love as God continually works in our life. You know, we progressively grow into a people of love. Now, the writers would say in between stage three, the active life where we do a whole lot, and stage four, the inward journey, oftentimes people will experience what they call the wall, a crisis of faith, a moment of uncertainty, the dark night of the soul. And it's often that wall that leads people into the inward journey, into bearing deep down into the soul and discovering God now, this wall isn't something that we engineer or we make happen. Think of it as supposed to seasons, right? We don't control the seasons, right? Winter, spring, summer, fall. They come to us whether we like it or not. So do walls, so do crises, and so does the dark night of soul. For most of us, this wall appears through a kind of crisis. It might be a relational crisis. It might be a job loss, the death of a close friend or family member, a diagnosis in my, my case, a disillusioning kind of church experience, a betrayal, a shattered dream, a wayward child, an accident, a kind of loss, a deep desire that isn't fulfilled. It is when we discover for the first time that our faith does not appear to work, that we have more questions than answers, as the very foundation of our faith feels like it is on the line is shaky and it's uncertain and we don't know where God is we don't know what he is doing we don't know where he's going we don't know how he's getting us there we don't know when this crisis would be over that is the wall that is a crisis of faith that is the dark night of the soul now understanding the wall the dark night of soul as a kind of stage in spiritual maturity and growth really really helped me in that time because i did not saw myself as someone who was regressing in my spiritual journey my formation but i saw this as a necessary step 
as a necessary evil as it were for me to push through to attain a greater depth a greater kind of spiritual maturity because there's stuff that God can only form and build in you in times of crisis that he cannot do otherwise in a time of peace and so understanding it as a stage as something that I could very well get over and experience transformation on the other side gave me a ton of hope and gave me a ton of resolve to do well to be faithful in this time to bring to God my doubts my questions my pain my lament and trusting that as long as I endure and persevere he will surely meet me and it was also really helpful to read in scripture especially the Psalms and read of David going through this kind of crisis not once not twice but multiple times reading many mighty men in the Bible going through a kind of crisis as well and also reading of Jesus experiencing a moment of doubt of anguish a dark night in the soul as well where he cries out to God in Gethsemane but he also cries out to God on the cross as he professes the abandonment he feels deep down in his soul as he shouts with his voice oh God why have you forsaken me and so I take solace in reading these biblical accounts, but also talking to people who have gone through crisis, major crises in their life, and have emerged whole and healthy on the other side. It gives me a whole ton of hope. But it's also recognizing that our doubts, our questions, our quest for more answers isn't so much a commentary on our lack of faith. The Bible says that we live by faith and not by sight. And notice the language here, right? Faith is directly opposed to sight. And sight is what we can assume is a kind of certainty. And so it would be adequate to say that we live by faith and not by certainty. That in the realm of faith, though it is absolute, though it is firm, it is resolute, it has room, it has space for doubts, for questions. And in many ways, our faith is evidenced by the presence of doubt our willingness to still say yes, to still stay true to cause, even when we don't feel like it, even when we have all these intellectual obstacles in our head, we still, with our heart, say yes. That is faith. That is what faith ought to look like. And it really gave me a lot of solace, right, that I can still be regarded as a person of faith whilst I had all these questions that I needed to work through. And the last thing that gave me a lot of hope was when the writers of that book described it as a stage, a phase, or a season. And we know how seasons work, don't we? They come and then they go. They aren't forever. Which says to me, this crisis, this dark night of the soul, this wall, isn't forever. It will pass. It comes and then it goes. I love one author's definition of the dark night of the soul. He describes it as such. It is a season in our apprenticeship to Jesus where he intentionally takes away the felt sense of his presence in order to do a deep work of purgation and preparation in our soul for a greater freedom, love, and intimacy with God.
And now that says to me that the crisis, the pain, the anguish that we go through in life, they are not for naught. That there can be a divine purpose, even in the midst of the most hellish of circumstances that we have to endure. That there is a deep work of formation that is possible for you and I in the midst of crisis. And on the other side of the wall, is where we enter into greater freedom, greater love, and greater intimacy with God. It is okay to have questions. It is okay to have doubts. It is okay to lament. It isn't regression, but it in many ways is a kind of progression as God works deep within our hearts to free us from our attachments and our anxieties and leads us into a place of greater love, joy, and peace in union with him that even in the midst of all that we go through he prepares us for the next stage of our life in him and in this world i'll close off with a passage of scripture for this morning from first peter chapter 4 verse 12 it says this beloved do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, meaning stuff happens to all of us. We all go through tough things. People around us will die. Eventually, we will go through a crisis some point in our lives. But Peter goes on to say this in verse 13, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Peter is saying this, that we all go through crisis. We all go through pain. But if we learn to rejoice, if we learn to partake in sufferings well, there is joy on the other side, that there is a purpose for our pain. It's tough, it's hard, but God is able to redeem it with His glory and with His grace. And so let's spend a few moments this morning entering into a time where we just sit with God in the midst of our questions, our doubts, all the uncertainty that we feel in the air around us. Maybe this time you are going through a dark night or the soul. You are facing a kind of wall. You might have experienced some kind of loss already. You might have serious questions about God's goodness, even as you witness all of the sufferings around you, even as you see injustice in certain areas of society, you have doubt. I want to invite you in this moment to not disengage with God, but to go to Him, even in your doubt. Like it says in Psalm 77, I cried out to God for help. I cried out to Him in my day of trouble. I was in distress and I sought the Lord. I think of the words of St. John of the Cross who writes extensively about this dark night of the soul. And he writes of this time that it is not a time to speak with God in the sense of prayer and petition, but it is a time for one to put one's mouth into the dust. It is to learn to be still. And in this moment, I'm inviting you right now with all of the doubts the questions, the uncertainty that you feel deep within your heart. 
to bring it before God in this moment and to just be still. And I pray that even as God's presence come, you would begin to feel much of this doubt, the weight of it, lift off your heart even as He comes in His grace, in His mercy. And let's spend a few moments this day being quiet before God and allowing Him to meet with you in spite of your doubt. Let's be still this morning. Amazing. Let me pray for you even as you begin your day this morning. Father, we thank you that you are sovereign in our lives, that you see all things, that you know all things. God, we thank you that you are our ever-present help in time of need. Even in the midst of crisis, you are there, you are near, you are here. And God, today we come to you with all of our doubts, our questions, our uncertainties, Recognizing that we're recognizing we are weak, we are weak in our faith, and we so need you today. God, we pray even as we draw near to you, in spite of all that we have going on within us, that God, by your peace, by your grace, you will still the storms within our hearts. God, we thank you for this great invitation to experience you in spite of our lack of faith. God, we ask that you meet us in a brand new way today. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of Daily. Have a great day today. Be blessed as you go. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Daily Podcast. We will have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website www.thecity.sg or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.